Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, your host from Horns247.com. Very excited today to be joined by the, I call him the Mojo Spectacular, all-time leading tackler in Texas football history. I mean, he doesn't have the, uh, the Fu Manchu anymore, but he is the one and only Britt Hager. Pride of Odessa Permian, baby. Britt, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be on. And, you know, when you asked me to do this, it's kind of reflecting how long we've known each other, right? For, I mean, over probably 30 years, right? Yeah. And one, one thing I always loved about you, you the, you're kind of the only reporter I know in this area for the, for the Longhorns to go after the stories that other reporters just wouldn't go after. And you yeah. did. So I've always admired that about, admired that about you. And, uh, and I'm so happy to be on here with you. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I tell, you know, folks, I'm, I'm either loved or hated by Texas fans and probably both by all parties. I think people who hated <laughs> me at one time ended up loving me at another time because of, of that uh, very fact that I would write the stories that they should want to know about. Uh, but I appreciate that, Britt Hager. Um, Britt, uh, we're going to, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your thoughts about this Texas football team, but you're also uh, an accomplished businessman, entrepreneur, and we're going to talk about this uh, this new age, uh, lightning fast business, um, the Web3 world that you've entered into. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But, um, Britt, I always trust your opinion, especially when it comes to uh, the defense and what you're seeing, because you were just one of the most instinctive best linebackers I've ever seen play college football. And of course you went on to an NFL career with the Philadelphia Eagles. You played for buddy Ryan. Uh, You've had an unbelievable uh, football life, but you know, we saw the defense take a big step forward last year under Steve Sarkeesian. 
Jalen Ford playing the position you played probably should have been the big 12 defensive player of the year with all the, all the tackles, all the plays he made big, big plays, but, uh, and he's back, but give me your thoughts about what you saw from the Texas defense last year and kind of what you're hoping to see this year. Well, they did take a, you know, step forward uh, last year, which is nice. Right. And it takes leaders like a Ford to do that. And that's one thing I love about him. He, he, he is a very, very good linebacker, and and we're very fortunate to get him back uh, for one more year. Um, and so he has a great opportunity to lead the defense in the last year of Texas being part of the Big Big 12, right? And so when I went to the spring game, that's one of the things I was kind of reflecting on, right? How, you know, things change, right? We're going into this last year of this conference, which, you know, last few years has been been tough for us, right? And and you've got some good teams in this conference, um, you know, and so didn't they play football differently? It's a wide open offense, right? And so to stop these offenses, right, is that these defenses, you've got to get turnovers. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's it's about the turnover game because they're just, they just score so many points, right? And one thing I'm hoping to see is, you know, pressure on the quarterback and turnovers. I mean, because you stop a possession in this league, the more possessions you stop by that, you win. If you don't, you don't, you lose. And your offense got to score points, right? Offensively, uh, in this league, you got to score points. And if you don't, you don't do very well either. So so I do think with the defense we have, I think they're capable um, of having turnovers, capable of getting after the quarterback. Um, they're growing up. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I think they've got a swag about them, which I love. It's always good for defenses to have swag, right? And so so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year. Yeah, Buddy Ryan, he he loved for you all to have some swag, right? I tell you what, there's no better person to uh, to really talk about swag than Buddy Ryan, right? And I had some great ones, Buddy Ryan, Bud Carlson, you know, the steel curtain. So I've got to, you know, in defensive line, I've got to, you know, Jeff Fisher at one time was, you know, in that league before he became a head coach. And, and so I've been around the good ones. And so it's, you know, defense is important, right? And it just changed. The game has changed so much, right? And so over the – over the course of the time, and and really in today's world, it's it's a it's a sack, it's it's the turnover, right? You get those two things, and um, you know, back at us is how many tackles do you have, right? <laughs> they run the ball, you know, ninety percent of the time, unless we played Houston, right? University of Houston, they had the uh, the the run to shoot, but but outside of that, it was a it was a ground game, right? Now it's it's a you know it's air game, and you hopefully your running backs get a couple of big pops, right? They hit, 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 and they get a couple of big pops. And that's kind of the world. That's kind of, especially Big 12, that's what they're about. So. Well, you had 499 tackles in your Texas football career. That's probably a record that's never going to be broken because of what you just said, that when, you know, the era you were playing in was a ground game. It was option. It was, you know, the, you know, kind of the end of the wishbone, but it was still prevalent. I mean, you when you faced Oklahoma, you were, you were playing the wishbone. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, football converts back to that, right. If it, you know, things repeat history sometimes. I don't know if that history will ever be, be uh, repeated, but, but it's going to be tough because it just, you just don't have enough chances. Right. And then, you know, people rotating now and, you know, it just people play differently. I mean, you got, you know, safeties playing linebackers and, you know, it's just, it's just a different world. So, so, but, but unless they go back to that type of wishbone and ground attack, it's going to be tough. 
Well, I, I want to get your opinion because last year the defense was the turnaround story. The year before, it was not. It was one of the worst statistical defenses Texas had. And, of course, it was Pete Kwiatkowski's first year as defensive coordinator. People were like, what on earth is going on? What did you see uh, on the field last year uh, that told you, okay, they have made these adjustments. Why did they make the the jump that they made last year defensively? Yeah, I think a lot had to do with leadership, right? Because, look, you can have schemes out there, but, you know, you can scheme anybody and, and put yourself in, in the right position and, and study. But at the end of the day, you got to want to, want to right? And especially on defense, man, it's, it's me. At the end of the day, it's me versus you, right? Can I beat you or not? Right. And that's the mentality because you're reacting. Right. You're, you're a step behind when the play, the ball snaps. Everything's a reactionary. You know, you react and read and, and then, you know, you have to process things quickly. Right. And so so I think that last year, what you see, so a group of a group of young men that came together, say, look, we're going to get behind our coach. I think, you know, Gary Patterson probably has some stuff to do with it because he's a great defensive mind. I'm sure behind the scenes, he he did what he was supposed to do to help. Yeah, he was game team. planning. He was the one yeah. game planning. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's, that's but it's confidence, right? It's like when I knew when I went into a game with Buddy Ryan, David McWilliams. You know, he was my coordinator back at Texas, and or you know, the great coordinators. When you go in a game, you're comfortable with the game plan, right? So that's first. But the second thing you got to be comfortable with is the changes you make during the game, right? And so your confidence and hey, look, you're getting the right changes to 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 do. And so those two things have to happen. Happened. So I think last year, what you saw, you saw they were prepared going into a game. The players are confident in it. And then, at, you know, and they were making, you know, I don't know what happened during the game, but I'm sure they were making good adjustments uh, uh, during the game to get the, get the outcomes they, you know, they got. So um, well, I, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, athletes, everybody said, well, we're getting better at Look, Texas always has good athletes. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like, you know, you know the rankings and all that you know who knows who's one or two time you get here all that but but look we've always had good players it, it just takes a group of kids a young men to have leaders that come together and they do a good job of playing and like each other playing with each other you know and getting after it and we saw that last year yeah and i'll say that about steve sarkeesian he he's built a good culture in that locker room those players like each other, they seem to, I mean, they're staying at Texas. They're not getting in the portal. And we know that when you have a lot of talent um, and it's crowded, that guys tend to tend to leave if, if someone can offer them a, a NIL opportunity somewhere else. But um, I want to ask you this, Britt, because um, you said you watched the, the spring game and there's a kid number zero who's who's come in Anthony Hill he's a freshman he knifed through the line a couple times he had a sack um he's apparently all spring been you know ripping the ball out he's rushed the passer I don't know I'm getting a little excited about number zero Anthony Hill the freshman the top linebacker in the recruiting class of 2023 uh I don't want to overcook the grits here but you know, I'm, I'm just. What did you see in that spring game that that gave you a little uh, little glimpse or of positivity? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's the first step, right? And so when you you see that either you have it or you don't. That's <laughs> you, know, you know, especially when it comes to pass rushing or penetration, right? Either you're incredible at anticipating, right, or you you're fast switch, right? And so and you've got you, you've got a, a and it's hard to teach that, right? And so now with that, right, we'll see when you you get into game planning and the things where you got to take care of your responsibility first before you you react and use your talent, right? We'll see how that works. See if that does slow him down, right? And, and how the coaches will use a talent like that. You know, how much responsibility they give him or don't give him doesn't doesn't mean he can't handle responsibility. Just it just that you know some of these guys who have talent like that, you you want to give them much freedom and limit them so they can, you know, so they can, you know, so you can, you know, you know, have their talent really be shown. So spotlight on it. So so. It's exciting. It's good to have those type of uh, young men on your team, right? And because it makes everybody else's job a little bit easier, especially those DBs. They like that. Oh, yeah. They like that pressure. Um, all right. We'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast with Britt Hager, the all-time leading tackler in Texas football history. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Britt, last question on on the Texas uh, spring football. You mentioned it. We're coming into the last year of Texas being in the Big 12 before they move on to the SEC. The way that Texas has been recruiting 10 starters back on offense, you got to replace B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. That's a big deal. Uh, but the defense has experienced leadership back at every position um, what are reasonable expectations, if there are such a thing for Texas fans, um, going into 2023? Well, that's good, right? I mean, my goal is is my expectation is one expectation, win the Big 12, period. I mean, you know, get to the, the playoff, right? I mean, UT should be that. And I know that the coaches, I know the athletic department, the alumni, right, donors, Sponsors, they, that's what they expect. I expect any, I don't expect anything less. So my expectations is that, you know, until they prove me wrong, I mean, or us wrong, I said, that's my expectation. So, and it would be really nice 
to close out the Big 12 with being Big 12 champions. That's for sure. That's right. They closed out the Southwest Conference as yep. uh, conference champions and right. and actually went in and won the first Big 12 title in 1996 with that incredible win over Nebraska. All right. So, Britt, I mentioned it. You are, uh, um, of course, a Texas legend uh, on the football field for the Longhorns, but you're also um, an accomplished businessman. You've, um, you know, you've been involved with companies like Mattress Firm, uh, Pack Rat, Whataburger, uh, and now you're, you're in the the Web3 world, you've uh, started a company, uh, monsterfanclub.net is where everybody can can go uh, check it out. But this is the Web3 world. We're talking um, NFTs. Uh, but I want you to explain it to, you know, idiots like me. What, uh, because you have uh, Michael Taff as one of your um you know, one of your uh, testimonial uh, endorsements. This is an NIL opportunity for for student athletes. So, uh, talk to us about Monster Fan Club. Well, I appreciate you asking. You know, you know, a few years ago, Brecken, my youngest, um, which I think people well know, Brecken, that when he said to give up the football, he the two two things he wanted to do is, is get into acting and. He wanted to explore crypto. And I said, well, you know, acting is probably the hardest profession you probably could choose. And number two, what the heck is crypto, right? <laughs> and so, so, you know, so what happened during the COVID, right? Everybody's kind of locked down. So what we decided, I decided to do, so just, you know, we're all together. Let's learn something new. So I started learning the process of what all that world meant, right? And, and because in the 80s, right, when the world web two was coming to deal, I was playing football and all, so I missed that movement. So when, when I started looking at this web three, I said, look, this next generation of, of transferring platforms, I want to be a part of it. Right. And then what was nice is, is at the same time, all this NIL stuff started happening. So, well, how can I, you know, help, how can I bring these two worlds together to help the space? Because as we know, the space is gigantic. As we know that the big 10 has signed a, New TV deal, seven billion dollars. Now it's the, twice the size of the National Hockey League. You think about it, SEC hasn't signed their new one. ACC, who knows what's going to happen with the Big Twelve and, and, and the Pac-10. But once they get all that done, because just the media contracts right now, just the media on those four conferences is about one point five billion dollars a year, and that will go up with the new with the new with the new contract. So you're talking about big a big market. And then with NIL, it's kind of the, the starting point of what, man, starting, hey, let's figure this out, how, where you can put value where the value needs to go, right? And so we're all here kind of figuring this world out, figuring out what the, the current regulations and, and understanding what the Supreme Court said when they ruled uh, in 2019 on this. So, so as we're doing this is, you know, basically Web3 is, is a platform the athletes can come to. And, and well, I, you know, I call fads. Fans, alumni, donors, and sponsors, which is different than professional sports, right? You're just fans, right? But in college world, you've got alumni, you got donors, right? And so, um, and so, it's a different, it's a different attachment, right? It's a different uh, following. That's the reason this, you know, college sports is what it is in America. And one thing you don't want is to kind of screw that up, right? And so, but how do you work within the confines what's given to you, and um, and so, so I thought this would be a good platform to do. And so, so it's pretty easy that we 
that we have, you know, artists around the world that create some NFTs or wraps or, or PFPs or, you know, avatars, you know, and, and it gives you access to things that you're more access with the athletes. And so, and you get to interact on a blockchain, it's no different than interacting with an app, right? It's just a different way of doing things. And, and so that's growing. We're in the infant stages of it. And so, so to access our webpage, you, you got to have what's called a Coinbase wallet or a MetaMask wallet. Now, people don't understand that world. They don't, they don't, don't will not know what those companies were, are, but the people that do will. And you just go to the browser, you click, you know, MonsterFanClub.net, and you just follow instructions to make your purchase. And so, and follow, follow along with Michael Taft. So it's not no harder than that. I mean, and as we progress, you know, you don't have to have, you can use a credit card or whatever and have access. And so those things are coming fast. Um, and if you're, in, really Web3 is just a way to move information. Ultimately, those terms will start disappearing in the marketing world and just, you'll be able to interact as you do, but you'll be able to do more things, um, cooler things, more engagement, you know, more stickiness. I mean, is the marketing world called. And so I'm excited. I mean, it's a great place to bring sponsors together, great place to bring athletes together, great place to bring fans or fads, as I call them, together. And so I'm excited about it. And Michael is our first test. We did an MVP. And think about it, it's the first of its kind anywhere in the college sports. So UT now, you know, you have that whole commercial out there, right? That, you know, hey, we did something first, you know, in this space. And and so those these NFTs that we got out there, there'll be collective items because it'll be the first of its kind. And so so I'm excited about being a part of that and doing it. And uh, and I appreciate you asking uh, asking for it. But also, you know, another reason I got involved because the world of college sports is going to go through what's called collecting and bargaining in these next few years. There's a lot of posturing going on. The reality is there are only about 70 people that's ever done one, you know, from the scratch. And that was us back in 1994 with the NFL collecting bargaining agreement, which now is a standard all around all the professional sports. And so, so with the courts and with, you know, with law, there's, there's presence now. So there's things that now if you haven't ever been through it, don't take it lightly. And so and that's, you know, that's what I'm out there when I, you know, I'm able to use my experience and help behind things, you know, behind the, behind the scenes, because there's not very many that went through it. Right. And, and some, all the same stuff I'm hearing, Hey guys, I heard that back in 1993, 1992. Right. I mean, that's not, that doesn't matter. These things what matter, and this is what has to happen to move, you know, move the, the the business along of college sports. And so I'm excited about being part of that as well. Um, so, so when you talk about collective bargaining, um, put that into, you know, tell us what you think is going to play out between student athletes and the NCAA. I mean, how paint the picture for us in terms of what this will look like for student athletes and, and how this will come together. Well, here, here's the thing is, is I'm writing a piece on my Twitter uh, at Britt Hager 60 and at uh, MFC web three on, on Twitter. It's called the, it's a 10 part series on, I'm calling it the soil of college sports. Right. And so if you look at soil, you have to have three main ingredients to work. You have to have water, sun and nutrients. Right for it to thrive. And, and I think as most of us here in the football world watched the Super Bowl last year, we saw a beautiful field, we saw a beautiful setting, but then the players went crazy. They called the field slip and slide, right? Because, you know, you had the most, you know, talented and long groundskeeper 
did a lousy job at the biggest stage, you know, the, on the biggest stage, right? And that's kind of where, you know, college sports is at right now. It looks pretty and all these things, but the soil is probably not very fertile right now. And it's not, not very solid, right? Because there's ways it can go. And, and my argument is this, that there's got to be three components to it. It's got to be the athlete. It's got to be the, the athletic department. The athletic department has got to be the collectives. If you take one of those out of the mix, right, then then your path is real is going quickly to club club sports and in college sports. You don't really want that at the end of the day. And so, when you talk about collective bargaining agreements, right, you're not really talking about labor. You're talking about agreements of three parties, and they come together. So you need three parties to come together. You need lead one, which is the association for athletic directors. They need to start talking to the the executive directors for all these players associations there's popping up because because the supreme court said hey you need those right and so these associations are popping up then the collectives need to get organized there's about 156 of them out there uh, you know going back and forth 32 of them went to the 513c which you got to put those to the side because those are you know those are safety nets for the schools but they do nothing really for the players and you're just asking your fad for more money Right. And so on top of what they're already giving. And so so you got to figure this world out, this this world. So you need three of them to come together and talk about five categories. We'll solve about 80 percent of the problems. And when you get people, the right people and people you recognize to start talking. Right. And so and so, you know, in the day's world, everybody wants to text and and all these things. But no, you got to physically sit in a room and talk to them, make sure you're, you got the right, correct representation. Right. And so there's five, so you got to talk around eligibility, the portal, right? What I call NIL plus, uh, you got to talk around title nine and the Olympic sports, right? And then the last page is this whole marketing agent stuff that's out there. So, so these things need guidance around them, right? But you got to have the right parties at the table, right? You just can't NCAA no longer say, look, I'm going to put these rules out on the portal without the input of the athletic department, without the input of the players, right? That's the spring course says you can't really do that anymore. And so, and so I think with the new, the new uh, person, Charlie Baker at the NCAA, you know, I think that we, there's a chance now because you have a new guard, you have a new thing. I know that, you know, through the back channels, he's going to start having those conversations, right. Uh, with those type of people. So that's exciting because that's when stuff really starts to happen. And when you have those, and then we'll start moving where, where value what I call value right now, because you can't call it compensation, right? Because you start talking about compensation, then you have to start, then you go down a path of, 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 you know, W2s and all that. And you, you remove amateurism, right? And so, so one thing you, you can't really do that because that'll change the game forever. So, but there's ways to do it. And, and with new technology and compliance and, you know, auditing and all these things are coming along. There's, there's things happening. The great thing about America there's great innovators, right? And one thing what's happened since 2019, I'm talking to different collectives around the country and looking at a bunch of different things that people are doing, right? And it's exciting, I mean, because everybody's trying to figure this out, right? And when you talk, because if you, we don't figure it out, you know, there's still, there's about half, a lot of people believe that we're on a real path to go to, to clubs, right? And for me, I don't want that. I mean, and there's a lot of them. I want it to keep the amateurism, I want the athletes to be focused on their school. I want their athletes to be focused on their sport and all, all this other curricular activity. It's great. They can do it, but it's time, right? It's time management. 
And so, so as we know who people who have been through college sports, right, we know the demanding, how demanding school is and how demanding the sport it is to be your best, right? And so that extra pressure and time to these athletes, it's great that they have it, but the reality is really how much time and effort can they give to do something, right? And, and you know, and it's great. It's, it's also opened the door for, you know, sponsors, you know, come in and say, now, hey, we got a doorway to come in and figure this out, where before they didn't. So those are good things, right? But there's, but there's, but the main thing is everybody you talk to, it's a wild, wild west. You know, there's no, there's no transparency. You know, they just had a, you know, five or six member on the house, on, on the, on the hill two weeks ago with NIL. So there's a lot to do. But the, the biggest problem I see right now is that athletic departments are not talking to the players associations. The collectives are not talking to the athletic departments. You know, and NCAA is, you know, he's trying, they're trying to, he, he's going to make his way around and make those conversations. But once they do that, you got the three points and you got talking, you talk about those five things, then, then things will start getting done. But if that doesn't happen, you know, nothing's really going to get done. And, and it's, it's probably going to be on a path to going to clubs, which is not good for anybody. Well, and Charlie Baker, you mentioned him, the new president of the NCAA, former governor. Right. Um, you're based on what you're seeing from him you're feeling like he understands the problem. Whereas before Mark Emmert just, he wanted a hands-off approach. I don't want to regulate NIL because I don't want another lawsuit coming at the NCAA. Your, your sense is Charlie Baker understands the landscape. Well, I mean, I think he's taken literally what uh, Justice Kavanaugh said, right? Hey, we got to start talking because for them not to go under any more judicial pressure, they got to have these conversations, right? To come up with, because if you have agreements in place, then you can have labor peace, right? Then the courts are not going to mess with it because you have agreements, right? I mean, they don't mess with the NFL anymore, right? The NFL and the players, they take care of it in their system, right? The college, the college world, you need to have a extra person, which is collective. Now, a lot of people say, coaches, well, I don't want alumni, you know, paying off players. And, yeah, look, you're going to have bad actors, right? There's always bad actors. But the problem is you can't have amateur sports without that piece. It doesn't exist. And so, and so wait, I don't care how you slice it, it doesn't exist, right? So, so you have to come together in that area. Those three have to come together, come up with these agreements, and they will, right? I mean, I mean look. Most alumni don't want people tampering. They just want to, hey, what's the playing field? What can we do? How can we help, right? Just like the athletic departments, right? You know, it's funny is the number one, the number one request for the athletic department going into this year, guess what it was? They all want a COO. <laughs> These ADs now want a chief operating officer, right? Because, because they know what's coming down the pipe. They know that, you know, how they budgeted and managed in the past, they have to change that because – they can't do that way anymore because the landscape is changing, right? And again, it's an elephant, right? So you got to take an elephant one piece at a time, right? And so I think the easiest piece to start with everybody to come agreement on and how to is, is the media dollars. Now, there's some complications in that, right? Because UT doesn't own the, their media rights, right? Learfolds, right? And so, so you have challenges out there because how the old system was is that these things over the next year are going to have to change. You know, and, and they will change because the courts will step in one way or the other. And then, then you got the playoffs coming down the pike, right? So there's, which is good. So you have backstops, right? You have things, look, we got to get things done. And I think that's, and you got some new blood 
with uh, Mr. Baker coming in, you've got these, you know, player associations popping up, uh, you know, and, and I think lead one, I know of Tom, he's reaching out. He, he understands uh, what's coming down and, and he wants, you know, they all want labor peace. They want understanding, but I don't know how you can governor with one, you know, NCAA like coming down on this and this and this, and, but they get no input or agreement from the other sides. Right. And, 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 and look in that 2019 ruling, if it, just people go read it, right. If you just go read it, you're going, the Supreme court spanks NCAA pretty hard, right. Because it's just, it's just not right. I mean, it's just not how, it's just not how we do things in America, right. That, that should, that we got to move past that and move on. But here's the great news. College sports is at a great spot. spot. It's, it's no different probably where professional sports was back in 1994. It's now what we do with it is what the people do with it. And I think that, that you know, you get these three groups together, you talk about these five topics, you hammer out agreements around these topics, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to see a, a great institution. You're going to see things move forward. Um, think about it. When the NFL decided to do it in 1994, the salary cap was $34 million. Guess what? This year in 2023 is $220 million. It's a six times return. I mean, it's incredible. Think about where college sports is in, you know, 40 years from now, where it's going to be, be if it's done right. Now, if it's not, it's going to be, you don't want to come a, you don't want, you don't want college sports to come, to come a club because now you really got to compete with NFL, NBA. And we, we're seeing these new leagues out there, XFL and, I don't think they're going to do very well. Right. I mean, it's just hard to go up against when you get into the free marketplace, it's incredibly hard. So this world that college sports has created, it needs to stay. Look, things need to change. It needs to be work within the rules, but you know what? There's enough smart people out there. There's enough technology to do, to do things and get things accomplished. You just got to get the right people in the right room. Like Gene Upshaw, you know, Gene Upshaw was our player rep and he's one, you know, he's probably one of the, one of the great visionaries of the sport of football, especially sports. But what was interesting is at that time, back when I got in the league, <clears throat> there was other people trying to start different player associations, right? But what happened is when Paul Tagliabue recognized Gene, no, this is a guy I'm going to not negotiate with and start to talk to is when really stuff started to happen. And so, and so that has to happen in football. These, you know, the collectives, the athletic department, and the players got to get their representations. And these guys got to be recognized each other, say, this is where we're going to get things done. And this is what's going to be. And then if it's the NCAA or if it's another Power 5 ruling conference, then it makes that, that world as a commissioner a lot easier to, to rule and, and to stay out of, you know, legalities, right? And so, so – And that gets, us, that gets us back to leadership and yeah. the, the people who can sit at that table – and command the respect of not only their constituents, but of the other parties involved. And that's, that's been the million dollar uh, question, but I, Britt, I want to get back to monster fan club uh, because I want people to understand. And we're using Michael Taft because you have Michael Taft. Um, so if I go to monsterclub.net and I want to buy, uh, you know, Michael Taft, uh, his av tell me tell me what I'm buying when I go to to uh, monsterfanclub.net. Okay, so how do you you do it? You got there's a couple of steps you got to do if you don't have a what's called a crypto wallet. So there's one's called 
Coinbase and the other one's MetaMask. That's the two biggest ones. Now there's a lot of other ones out there. So what you have to do is either download that on your browser or on your computer or download as an app on your phone, right? You go through all those instructions. And once you have the wallet, you move Ethereum. Don't worry about Bitcoin and all the other coins. You move Ethereum over and you hold that in your wallet. Then what you do, you go to the browser, you click the browser, you put um, monsterfanclub.net in it and you click purchase, right? And then it'll connect and then it buys, it buys the NFT. So what the NFT does, you get a random NFT which is what we designed it to what's called the D-Gens out there of the world. Because what happened is the sports world fans don't really understand NFTs, but the D-Gens do. They buy billions of dollars a year on the open market around the world. So our NFTs are that artwork you see. But what it does, it allows you, once you buy it, you get access to our Web3 platform where Michael, we're going to follow Michael. He's going to be do video updates and things of Michael's life, right? And what he's doing, how he's you know going into the summer, and you know how he's getting prepared this last season of of that, and also talk about his challenges, you know, being on the honor roll, you know, the struggles of, you know, being a walk on, earning a scholarship, right? I mean, he's kind of been in that world, right? Kind of. Yeah, and know, he was the, the uh, official visit whisperer of Arch Manning. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, he's already got a cult following just because of that, right? Which is which is pretty cool. Right. But, but when you get to, you know, get to know the, the young man, that's what, that's, that's the, the, the great thing about influencers and the way of doing this model, it gives a, the fans a way to engage in a more intimate way with these athletes that they'll get to know these time. why that, you know, arts was drawn to a, a guy like, like Michael, right. And, you know, it was part of the decision coming here, right. This like no different when I came on campus, right. You look at your teammates and, that's a part of your decision. Hey, do I want to spend, you know, four years with these people? Right. And so, and so he saw something in Michael along with other things that, you know, he decided to come here. So all those things will be covered, uh, you know, through the year. And, you know, the only way to get access to it, you got to purchase and, you know, most proceeds goes to, goes to Michael. Right. And, and his NIL uh, talking. And, and so, you know, we, you know, we're going to roll out a bigger plan across multiple colleges uh, going into the fall. And, and we're excited about it. We're, we're excited about, able to participate in this space and, and help bring change, uh, in a balanced way. I mean, uh, in a balanced way to, to this, this new NIL world and where college sports is going. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I know, um, this is a great opportunity for our audience to introduce themselves to the, Hey, look, I got gray hair. I started this two years. I mean, look, I got in it two years ago. I'm I'm not the sharpest tool in the, tool shed right and so so the thing is it's what's great about two years ago yeah it's pretty difficult right but today the, the advances because it's moving so fast i mean it's it's no easier than having an e-trade or you know or having an app on your phone right i mean it's it's you know and, and soon you don't even care if it's ethereum blockchain web3 all that stuff will go away just click and point hey where's my here's my twitter address here's my email and you go right here's my credit card go right i mean so that's all moving really quickly and and, uh, and and fast. The thing about blockchain, it's just a ledger. At the end of the day, it's just a better accounting system. It's a better way to comply and to audit. Well, everybody needs to get over to uh, monsterfanclub.net and make sure you're following uh, Britt at Britt, B-R-I-T-T, Hager, no, Britt Hager 60. Right. On Twitter. And, and MFC C. 
Web, web numeral three. Correct. Okay. All right, folks. For you crypto heads out there, you're already, you're probably already there. But for those of us learning the crypto world, um, we you know, it's, to... it's, 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 it's interesting. Like you look at, you know, some competitors out there change into all these ratings, NIL ratings and all this stuff, right? Look, there's a change coming. And right, it's coming. And, and people on the back end, the plat, you know, the engineers, all the guys are back there. They always move before, you know, the rest of us move, right? So there's this migration going on as we speak, right? And so all this stuff's going to happen quickly. And so I'm just glad to be, you know, be on it and be on this wave and, and just try to use my experiences to help as many. Because I, I know I, I know I can help in this space. I know I can help with the athletic departments. I can help with sponsors. I've done it all, right? And so I'm just glad at my age I'm able to have opportunity to be a part and help and do whatever I can to make this great college sports and football uh, keep it great because it's, a, it's it, you know, we, the rest of the world doesn't have what we have in college sports. And it's it's something we don't want to mess up. That's right. The passion. Yeah, the you don't want to mess it up. emotional investment of the fans is is so key. Yeah. I mean, right. Chris Del Conte says, I'm in the passion business. Yeah, he is. Yep. And that's that that's a like, think about that for a second. And it it totally makes sense. Britt, we will definitely be in touch, my friend. I'm uh, I'm excited for you, and we really appreciate the time. Again, it's monsterfanclub.net, and um, it's uh, it's here, folks. It is um, it's moving fast, and it's moving furious, and it benefits the student athletes. So um, stay in touch with Britt because he is he's he's doing an unbelievable job of explaining everything on his Twitter at Brit B R I T T Hager six numeral six numeral zero. Of course he, uh, he wore that number 60 like Tommy Nobis at Texas and deservedly. So the all time leading tackler in Texas football history, Brit, thanks so much, my man. And uh, like I said, we'll be in touch and, for Britt Hager, I am Chip Brown. Thanks, everybody, for listening into this episode of the Flagship Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.